So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to edit this out. I just need to do a quick Google of something. Sorry about that. Oh, is it is it of the poetry? Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And it's just us two at the restaurant with you. And we're talking French poetry. All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Back for uh, halftime. Minute 50 out of 100. And so what's going on? What what happens in minute 50 that's so important? That Phil now is quoting French poetry to Rita at dinner. And Rita is just amazed. We then cut to them. Uh, in the snow at Gobbler's Knob, building a snowman that Phil has prepared the eyes and and uh, pipe for, and they start fighting some kids with snowballs. Yeah, so we had we had speculated, we had previously speculated on what sort of research into French poetry Phil was going to dive into based on on Rita's college major and and. If he would come up with something better than laughing in her face <laughs> at her at her choice of studies, and this is what he comes back with, what appears to be French poetry, and this goes back to something we've been wondering and a, a a point of debate and contention in terms of how well Phil knows these things that we see him study. How well does he know piano? How long does he spend studying? making ice sculptures with chainsaws how much time does he spend studying french um, and that all goes back to the kind of one of the central questions of this movie is how long is phil in this loop or one of the questions that that viewers have of how many days and how long does this take and and how long does it take for him to learn all these skills and if you know if is one is one of those skills speaking french and I think it is. And my my point of view has always been, well, we see Phil play parts of two songs. So he knows two songs on the piano. That doesn't mean he's just generally a, pian- a pianist. You know, we see him working on one ice sculpture. That doesn't mean, and I'm assuming it's a groundhog. Actually, I haven't checked the minute. But that doesn't mean he could make a giraffe or any other animal. He just knows that one thing. And I bet if... If Rita had broken out and just started talking French, that would have blown him away. I'm guessing he knows uh, this line or these two lines, these two sentences, and then we. And that's the extent <laughs> of the French that, that Phil knows. And the reason I think that is that this is not French poetry per se. This is actually a song lyric um, that that Phil recites here. Okay. Uh, and it's actually from a Belgian singer. It's it. It is French. Mm-hmm. Um, it is in, in French, but it's actually, it's from a, a Belgian Jacques Brel is, is the singer. This is from 1957. And I'm going to, you French speakers out there are going to want to reach through your, your headphones and strangle me at my mispronunciation. La, la Bourre? Do celibataire? I don't know. How's how's your French? Uh, non-existent. <laughs> Dave, could you? I'm not, even, I'm not even going to try to insult our French listeners. I'm just I'm saying I do not know it, but I'm more than eager to learn it. Okay, so this is um, 
and also I, I found a lot of this information through a I don't think we've mentioned it before, but I know we've both been been reading it and using it as a resource. Um, I found out more about this line through the Groundhog Day Project, which is a it's a blog from a fella, uh, Robert Black. And a few years ago, he decided to watch the movie Groundhog Day every day for a year and then blog about it and just kind of write online about his thoughts about the movie and experiences from from watching it over and over and over again. And he's got a lot of insight and a lot of useful information. And I would suggest encourage people to check it out if they're if they're interested in um, interested in the movie and, and interested in reading more about it. I assume you're interested in the movie if you're, if you're listening to this. Mm. And that is at groundhogdayproject.blogspot.com. And I'll, I'll put a link up in the uh, on the web page and, and the Facebook group and tweet it out and stuff so you can, you can get that link. And I, I kind of go back and forth on whether we should give Robert credit because on the one hand, it's really interesting. He's got a lot of interesting, unique... Uh, points of view and a lot of unique insight from watching the movie a little bit different, not watching it one minute at a time, but watching the whole movie every day for a year. Um, so I wanted to share that with, with you, our listeners. But then on the other hand, it also gives up a lot of our secrets. I could have kept this all to myself and just kind of be like, bring, bring out these insights like they were my own. And, yeah. um, but then Robert wouldn't be happy and that wouldn't be nice, you know, so you like, want to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. You're, you'd be like that guy in, uh, in Goodwill Hunting when Matt Damon's like, all you're doing is just yeah. other people's work and saying it's your own. Exactly. And then exactly. he would, he would come in and he'd be like, how you like them apples and stuff. And yeah. And I, and I like apples. So I don't, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I don't, I want to, I want to be Matt Damon. I don't want to be the other guy. So, uh, I'm, and I'll bet yeah. like every day I turn on this microphone. I hope you're not going to be there. <laughs> you bet. Hey, at least you're not Casey Affleck. I mean, it could oh be boy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, um, so Robert Black, his great Groundhog Day project blog, and he has an entry where he identified, and I knew, well, from the, from like the closed captioning and, and the script, I could get the, um, the words and Ramus just says, oh, it's a lyric and, and not a poem, possibly Belgian. But if you go to the, the Groundhog Day project, Robert lays it all out. He's got a link to the video and everything. Um, I won't further butcher the French, but I'll, I'll read an English translation. And the the title is, I don't know if, what the exact translation is, and I don't know French, but what I could gather through, you know, automated translate online, it's something like the, the stuff of single, which I interpret to mean it's like about the single life. Okay. That's what I, I that's what I think is probably the most accurate uh, translation of the title would be, I guess, the, the single life of, or the life of the single person or the stuff of the single life. And and the line that Phil says is, the girl who I will love is like a good wine, which gets better a little each morning. Which is nice. It's it's a it's a it's a good sentiment. It's a little romantic. It ties in where he talks about, oh, getting better each day kind of ties in with the whole groundhog day and the the repeated days kind of thing. So it is a nice line, but going back to where I started about what this says about Phil and his process and how much is he really learning these things? It's a lyric to a song. 
and we know from the the way he was able to repeat and recognize the banter from the DJs, he's and probably a very useful thing in in broadcasting. He can hear something and repeat it back. So maybe uh, you know, maybe Mrs. Lancaster has an old phonograph. I was just thinking that in the corners of like a media room, where and there's like an old French record or this Belgium record, and he just listened to it over and over again till he could repeat the line. I think that makes more sense other than trying to read and figure out how to say it, pronounce mm-hmm. it. It's easier for him to go, Mrs. Lancaster. She has, oh, I have some old records. And yeah, she has some old Belgian and some, a lot of these old European singers on, yeah. on vinyl. And you're right. She puts it on. He goes, and she probably gives him the back of the, the one, like the vinyl sheet. And it has the lyrics on it included in English and French or something. Like that maybe like her and the Mr. Lancaster, they were traveling, you know, a long time ago. Some, some, some Something like that. <laughs> Oh my god, I love this. This is great. Well, I was I was going to say, you know, maybe Mr. Lancaster was in World War II and he, you know, yeah. he brought it back from the war. Although I don't know if, well, they're older. This is what the 90s. Yeah. And they're maybe in their 60s, so maybe he was a GI in his 20s. So yeah, maybe Mr. Lancaster brought back some uh some records from the war or something. Yeah, he was like stationed over there. And and French is French is difficult in terms of the pronunciation. I find mm-hmm. at least just yeah. yeah, just seeing it written out wouldn't necessarily help, and and Phil seems to do a pretty good job. That makes more sense than than he's listening of speaking it. So I I think yeah, he just managed to find an old French record that he would just listen to over and over again. And again, if if Rita just busted out and was like talking French and expected a French conversation, then we'd see <laughs> there'd be another quick cut. And another reset of yep. the day. And then maybe, maybe then Phil goes and actually we see him knocking on the door and here's a thousand dollars for an hour of French lessons kind of thing. Exactly. But at least at this point, I think he takes the easy way out. I think he just listens to a record over and over again till he can repeat the line in French. I think that's why it's a song lyric. I think that was Harold Ramis mm-hmm. giving that little Easter egg to people who knew the line, the music. They go, they go, what's up? That sounds like a song lyric, you know, or somebody who knows that. Like yeah. If you really hunt it down, you find. I think that's, man, that's a really good detail. I think that's a really good detail. It's not just some like French equivalent of like Robert Frost, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the weather or something. It's actually like this little interesting little lyric that, yeah, it makes a lot more sense. That's how he learns it. He hears it. He's a he's a, he's somebody who can listen. And he he hears people talking and he can pick up real fast. So yeah, yeah. And he certain and the way he he says it, you know, he presents it in a poetic fashion. But I think that's true of a lot of song lyrics. That if you just kinda you kinda you know, you just kinda rub your chin and, and look off into the distance and kinda wistfully say you know, he even he looks up like he's yeah. he's reaching back into the recesses of his memory. He kinda makes a good show of it. He goes, My blood runs cold. My memory has just been sold. My angel is in a centerfold. You say it like that. It's poetry. <laughs> when you say it like that, it's like, yeah. oh. oh mm. you, I didn't know you were a poet. I want to bang on a drum all day. <laughs> See, like that. See, it's a, that's perfect poetry. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> that's not, yeah. It's interesting where, where your mind goes versus where my <laughs> mind went. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was thinking for poetry, I'm thinking 
I, I'm 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 rubbing my chin and I'm I'm looking up and I'm thinking I like big butts. <laughs> and I shan't not lie. <laughs> you other brothers cannot deny. I cannot deny. That's, <laughs> oh what a now that oh, that was a good one. That was I learned that in uh in high school. That, yeah. I was yeah. like this is this brings tears in my eyes. Yeah. Well I mean it's 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 from a night. <laughs> I mean it's Sir Mix a lot, so it's <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I I honestly I just I never thought there was really good medieval poetry, but that proved me wrong. Yeah, yeah, good good <laughs> sir, good sir, mix a lot was uh was one for the poetry. Yeah, so that's yeah, so that's what I think Phil is doing here. He's he's still full of poo. He's still bad, Phil. He's just he's acting like good Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he's yeah. gotten. But here's the thing: he got what he wanted, which is he got through dinner impressing her. <laughs> so like that's to, to to his mind it's like you know he didn't learn any lessons he just went oh i i i've conquered dinner you know yeah and so, so yeah so yeah. we see so was, there was the bar there's dinner there's the sweet shop he's just they're like the different levels in a video game yeah. and then getting rita back to the room is the the master the boss at the end of the level maybe 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 he skips. Uh, he skips because they're so full. He skips the the uh, the dessert and the candy, and now they've now they're going to uh, you know uh, the new level that maybe the new idea he had, which is you know we go outside to Gobbler's Knob. It's now now that so said like the storm didn't exactly hit Punxsutawney, but it definitely did snow sometime in the evening because we do have a layer of snow here that we didn't have this morning. Yeah. Well, so one one quick thing that before we leave the restaurant that okay. I don't I don't think we mentioned last week. Uh just throwing it out there, uh Bill Murray spent a year in Paris in college, like did a, a year overseas. Oh. And spent a year in Paris. So he doesn't he's I don't think he's like fluent conversationally in French, but he has spent time in France. He does know a little bit. So that would help from the acting point of view, just to oh, kind of okay. hit the hit the accent, I think you know it sounds believable, and of that course. was good. Um, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to toss the kind of random tidbit. Anyway, so back to we cut to the snow. It's Phil and Rita uh, building a snowman, and I wondered that as well because we know we know it's cold. We know there's a blizzard just out of town, although we haven't yet. I don't think we've seen snow inside Punxsutawney yet. But now the ground is covered, and at least this morning, for the the festivities at Gobbler's Knob, there was no snow on the ground at all. Mm-hmm. And now there's lots of snow. So I guess it's are we is this well? And it looks like that's the the hotel Rita's hotel in the background. Yeah, no, we're definitely Gobbler's Knob. Like we're this is definitely Gobbler's Knob. Yeah. So when did it snow? That's hard. That we don't see it ever, at least not at this point. I don't know. It may sometime later in the movie we see it, but I do not recall it snowing in town. And yeah, hmm. <sighs> I mean, it must have been quite a bit. It's not. They're not. It's not like up to their knees. They're not trudging through it, but it's enough that they don't seem to have too much trouble getting enough together for a snowman. I do wish it was a different park, but it's it's better that it's Gobbler's Knob for location. Yeah. But I would have liked it if it was somewhere else so we wouldn't have to even think about this. But I guess it's kind of like 
Gobbler's Knob, it connects everything. You know, it's like yeah. the center of town in this movie. So it's um, a shame. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, and I'll, I'm I'm jumping ahead a few minutes where we'll see it. We'll actually see snow. It'll be snowing, okay. like coming down from the sky in Punxsutawney. And I kind of wish they had saved that. I wish there had been no snow until Pun- inside Punxsutawney until the very end. And then, like, maybe that's a hint. Like, so we'll see Reed and Phil walking around and it starts snowing. And then that could be, like, a big hint. Like, oh, you know, something's different. Is the cycle broken? And then the next day they wake up and it's February 3rd. Like, that would have been nice if they had held out and there was no snow in Punxsutawney till the loop was broken. But they, you know, we see that, you know, here we see snow on the ground. In a couple minutes, we'll see it actually snowing. They didn't do that. It's like the if I could, that's like the one thing I would tweak. The one change that I would make to the movie is just have no snow inside town until the very end. You know, I was I was just thinking of something that would be kind of cool. You could have the snow happen, but you edit the movie in a way that only when Phil and Rita are having like a genuine uh, nightly ro- romantic discussion, or, or what I'm saying is when they're being. Hmm. They're being genuine. Like, at least he's being genuine with her, right? Where he does, it's a, he's not coming off sleazy and he's not coming off like he's trying to, you know, trying to push his luck when it feels like he's actually generally like enjoying his time with Rita. Have it be snowing then, but when he's being like kind of like really kind of creepy and trying to force his way to get Rita to like him, it doesn't snow. So it could kind of give this like, this like subtlety of like when it's snowing, it's mm-hmm. good. Like, at this point in the movie, like, when you see snow, it's kind of like he's learning, he's being a better person. When you don't see snow, it's like, oh, no, this is Phil being, this is Phil being rude, Phil. Okay. Yeah, I can kind of see that, because I think there are moments where, like, even Phil forgets what he's doing. Like, even he kind of, I don't know how to say it, like, he, not that he plays himself or he fools himself, but maybe, yeah, maybe it's a little that. He fools himself or he he's gets getting- so far into the act he forgets he's acting that yeah. there are some there are some real moments that he he is starting to be sincere i or i like to think that he yeah he's 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 starting to be sincere and then he remembers oh yeah i've got a script and i'm you know yeah. then he remembers i can't do and part of it is the situation where even if he feels that they're starting to build a relationship and they're getting close. He probably feels like he can't just let nature take its course, so to speak. He can't just let the, the, the relationship grow in a natural way because Rita's going to forget all this tomorrow, yeah. all the goodwill that he's built up. So he's kind of got to close the deal in one day and he can't, he, he just can't, he doesn't have the time. He can't afford to be too sincere, too in the moment. He's got to, at least at this point in his mind, he feels like, he probably feels like he's got to keep on that script. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are some moments, and I think, yeah, and, and maybe it do, they do correspond to when we see the snow, that he starts, yeah, he starts getting lost in his own goodness. Yeah, I guess I want to, it's hard, it's hard right now, when we're watching them play with the, in the, the snowman. I know he already has the the coal and the pipe, so you're like, all right, he's prepared for this. But like, 
you know, is he enjoying is he enjoying this moment as an honest moment, or is is this just a this seems a means to an end with him at you know right now? You know, is he being sincere, talking about how fun this is and how it's good, clean fun? You know, we're not, you know, we're not thinking about anything else other than just having fun in the snow. And and he brings up you know kids. It's like, is any of this? We almost kind of feel like we did. So she's like, oh wow, you do you really mean that? You know, that's the kind of like the look where that she kind of gives him. When he says kids, you know, I think she's kind of going like, 24 hours ago, I wouldn't have pegged you as a guy who, looking forward with kids, you're more than happy <laughs> to like, you know, sleep sleep alone and not deal with any of us. And now you seem like you're embracing people and, and children. Yeah, I mean, just this very morning, on this very day, he didn't even want to say the word poopy in reference to poopy diapers. Yeah. And, you know, and, and maybe not <laughs> Rita may not remember that breakfast, but we do. Mm-hmm. And Phil probably does. So, yeah, that's and that was him being honest off the cuff. And even that was him still trying to work him, his him starting to work on Rita and getting to know her and kind of doing his research and, you know, had had no interest in, in changing diapers or anything. And all of a sudden and I think that's. That's the key when he starts, uh, I hope I can do this with my own children. That's just not not a Phil thing. Yeah. Like not a not a not a sincere thing. Even the good Phil at the very end of the movie when he's when he's completely good, I still have trouble with that with that he would say that line. I hope one day I hope I can do this with my own children. Like there must be like somehow he he either knows through previous days or at least he has a hunch that talking about family and children would kind of get Rita in the mood to to make children. I think I think I think at least at least that line is all calculated. It's all part of the the scam that he's pulling. Yeah, it's it's it is, you know. I I think it's really this, and, and 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 he looks off and I guess when we flip the camera after this the kid there's a snowball like we see him kind of like I guess he's looking up at the trees that have like the lights on it now. So, you know, he, I don't know if he's actually like looking and see like, ah, oh, how nice that is. Or he's just kind of like, uh, now I just kind of, I kind of hold this pose until the, the kids are the snowballs, uh, try to, you know, we're try, trying to figure out, you know, what is, yeah, is any of these actual, are these like real thoughts that he's having? He's like, <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying my time with Rita. Or is it him going like, okay, I do this, put this in, say this line, look here, and then wait for the snowball to hit me. Yeah, it's all it's like the the bank heist. It's yeah. all calculated. It's all okay. Wind blows, dog barks, car passes. Doris drops the change. I pick up the bag. It's all yeah, it's all very calculated and I feel a little cheated in one of the things that's and you you know, you probably think it's obvious. You think I'm being, you know, this is silly. I'm sure the listeners will be like, "Duh." But one of the things that that's dawning on me watching this movie one minute at a time is as the audience were getting played a little bit as well. I kind of assumed every, I, yeah, I kind of assumed that the first time we see Phil do something, unless there's some other indication that it's, it's really the first time like Phil, Oh, you know, Phil wouldn't lie to us. He's honest. Well, yeah, he's, you know, he's totally playing Rita <laughs> This is all prepared for Rita, but for us, we're getting the real thing. Like, you, he doesn't lie to us. 
that he lies to them. But then it's like, well, no, he, this this can't be the first time. And some things were obvious, like we don't see him practice the ice sculpture. We just see him do it. Or we don't see him practicing French. We just see him do it. So like that, that those are kind of obvious, like that's prepared. He, he, you know, he went through some process, but even this, like I kind of thought coming in, like this is the first time they're making a snowman, but no, this, like that's, this can't be the first time they're making a snowman. And not just because he's got the eyes and the, you know, he's got a pipe and coal for eyes and everything like that's, yeah. Where did he get that stuff? That's a good question. The whole, the whole thing. I feel deceived. Hmm. Like is, is anything that we've seen from Phil except when, and we know the very beginning that was real when it's February 1st and he's in the studio and he's, you know, he's, he's mouthing off. He's, he's, he's barking at, at Kenny and he's making fun of Rita and shaking his head. Like that was real. And then when we see him confused on the second day, when he, is like, wait, it's still just once a year, right? Mm. That's honest. But then everything else, I kind of feel like, I feel lied to. I feel Phil's been deceiving me. Sorry. Sorry, Sean. I just, I, yeah. Sorry to find out this way. <laughs> and now I wonder, like, so all these things that I thought we were seeing for the first time with Phil, now I've got to wonder how, you know, how many times? How many yeah. times has he gone through this? How many? How much is it rehearsed? Is any of this real? It's that Eric Clapton song. <laughs> how many times? Has yeah. Anyway, all right. So, so, uh, so you got the kids throwing snowballs, and so you know uh, Phil does his cheesy chivalry lines. Yeah. Which is uh, I I'll I'll allow it. Chivalry lines are real cheesy, um, but I will allow it in snowball fights. You know, if if you hold the door for a woman, and that's fine. If you're in front of her, it's just convenient to yeah. do it. That's fine. If you go, oh, right this way, my lady. Okay, all right, <laughs> knock it off, buddy. Um, yeah. But uh, you could, I think, you could use these cheesy cheerful lines are completely allowed in snowball fights. I think it's better for the role play of why you're throwing snowballs. Right. Yeah. Ah. Uh, what I was gonna say. Well, that's kind of quick thinking. For him to kind of go that way. But he's probably had 50 snowball fights and he's workshop half a dozen different scenarios before he settled on <laughs> <Yeah>. the, <laughs> hey, an assassin. Yeah. Um, and the, and, and the, all right. So the, the night, I always think about the nice arm line. He can't make his muscles any better because the day resets, but he right. can improve his hand eye coordination though, because his brain still functions and doesn't loop. His body loops back, so he so even if he like did you know fifty mm-hmm. weights or something, it doesn't matter. His muscle will reset to where it was that morning, but he can improve his hand eye coordination. It's like a more mm-hmm. of a brain thing, right. so he could just yeah. get better at throwing snowballs at just you know. So you know they say nice arm, and it's probably true, um, but it's it's more that he's 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 able to what with what his muscle is every day. He's able to make the most out of it with these snowballs to make sure he uh, he hits the kids good. Right. One else assume so he'll he'll know things like, oh, this kid is gonna you know when I throw the snowball, this kid's gonna duck to the left 
Yeah. So if I throw to the left, I'll hit him. Kind of exactly. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of that going on. That's why they're uh, they're yeah. appreciating. He's he's gaming the game. He's getting the meta game going. Yeah. When you're when you when you yeah when you play a level so many times that you remember how the the bad the you know the enemies the AI works that you're kind of like all right I know when I go through this door there's gonna be a guy on the left guy on the right guy down the center and then you kind of go ba 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 and you just get him down real quick. Now one thing I wondered is are the kids in on it? Did he like slip them? Here's twenty bucks. Listen, I'm going to be walking through the park with my lady friend, and I need to seem heroic. So, what you know? Can you throw some snowballs at us? And the kids are going to be like, "Whatever you say, old man. Just give us the money." Like, is uh, this you know? Are, are they are they honest? Can we can we trust any of these people? Are oh, the kids man. in on it? That's a really good. I like that. I like. I didn't think about this theory, and I like it. I really do. Yeah, he probably got to he got to remember how much cash he has on what he can haggle the mm-hmm. rest of, and yeah, maybe he like saw these kids at some point. Maybe he saw them somewhere doing a snowball fight between themselves, or they were goofing around the park, and he's like, uh, "Hey, what if I pay you to have a snowball fight with me? Would you do it?" Yeah, you know, and they go like, "What talk about creepy old man?" He's like, "No, no, no, <laughs> yeah, stranger and, danger." Yeah, that's all, that's all the yeah, stranger <laughs> danger, and so he's like, he's like, "Look." Twenty bucks, you throw you throw snowballs at me and my date, and uh, and he tells him maybe like yes, he did. It's like he, he that's it's so weird because you know he's with Rita so much. So how does he how is he planning? You know, does he tell her like oh go roll the snow over there? And he tells Rita to go as she's doing that. He runs over, sees his kids. All right, about ten minutes. You start throwing snowballs. I'll give you guy. Yeah, you know, I'll give you kids. Yeah, I'll give yeah. you kids the twenty bucks. Because it does seem weird. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I had snowball fights, but generally. Amongst my friends. And so this isn't just an adult. Like, this is a stranger. They don't know this guy. It's not yeah. like it's not like he's the local weatherman. And be like, hey, there's the guy from Channel 5. Let's throw snowballs at him. Like, they have no idea. He could be, you know, this is America. We have a Second <laughs> Amendment. This guy could be packing for all these kids now. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. This could have gone. <laughs> this scene could have ended very differently. That's all I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, I kind of wonder if. Yeah, if they're in on it, hmm. if this is kind of part of part of one of Phil's schemes or plans or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe there's just maybe that's what you know. In Central PA, they've got gangs of kids wander <laughs> the square looking for looking for unsuspecting adults. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That, that's <laughs> no, no. That's that. No, that's my notes for the episode. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to go any longer because I want to get to the next days. I want to get to our new guests and stuff. So what what else do you want to discuss that now it's just the two of us right now? So just a couple quick points from the director's commentary from Harold Ramis. Okay. Uh, one thing he talks about is like the snow truck they had. And I think we talked about a little bit in the, the blizzard scene on the first day when they're trying to get out, the first Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. where they're trying to get out of town and the roads closed because of the blizzard. That they had, um, and I'm trying to picture, I don't really, I've never seen anything like this, but Ramus describes it as a 40-foot trailer truck with an ice chipper for all this snow. So they just had like a big, you know, tractor trailer full of ice with with an ice chipper and a fan to just blow. So this is, you know, what we're seeing here is it's like actual frozen water. But it's fake in that it did not fall from the sky. So okay. this is all like man-made snow. 
that they made. And then the the other thing I want to mention is, so one of the things Ramus had, the, the direction for the young men, for the kids in this scene, is he just told them, throw hard at Bill. <laughs> that was their direction. Just th- throw, throw your snowballs at Bill. I'm like, yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm sure that was a very... You know, not not a hard direction to give. Probably enjoyed that. Well, I, I'm also a little worried because I'm just like, you know, if you say like these are it's frozen water, I'm like, are these freaking ice balls? Like these are gonna, you know, if you pack that tight, that's like that's like throwing a, that's straight a rock at someone. Yeah, that is kind of dangerous if it's just, um, yeah, if it's solid ice. But I mean, it is but, it is cold because you 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 and I were talking yeah. about it is it is cold here. So it's not like this is not like one of those movies where they film in the summer, everyone's winter winter jackets, but and I they, you know they yeah. like they where fake everyone's the sweating because it's eighty degrees, but they're they're wearing mittens and hats. Now this is yeah. this is actual cold, although it can't be too cold because they seem to well obviously the snowman packs pretty well, and the snowballs seem to go pretty well, and that's one of those things where it can be too cold because. The snow has to melt a little bit and then refreeze, and that's why it sticks together. So it's actually, if it's too cold, you can't make a snowman or you can't make a snowball because the the snow won't freeze together. Well, yeah, I just, so, th- we see yeah. their breath. That's what we, I, I know that it's legitimately, it's cold enough that we can see their breath. Yeah. All right. Yes, it, it is hard. Like I said, like I don't, I don't want to go too long in this, but... Yeah, like I, you can kind of see over his shoulder when they're making the snowman that that you can see the kids' heads bobbing. So they're definitely ready. This isn't a spontaneous thing. This is them planning. So it's either him watching, or either him telling them to watch them. And like you know, when I turn my back to you know my my signal, you know you you throw. So we, it could be that. You huh. know. Well, and it's really I guess I don't know. It doesn't really. It's not definitive either way, but. Around second, trying to find the point. Yeah, second 25, 26, 27. The kids are hiding behind that monument. Because I was trying to see if you could see them walk up, but you can't. They're behind the monument and they kind of sneak out. So they've been there. Yeah. At least for a while, at least for this minute. Second 32, you can see the kid is pocketing a snowball already. Yeah. So. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that. Phil put them up to this. I mean, they could have just been hiding and planning on their own. Hey, let's yeah. a, let's attack these squares. You know, yeah. these well, old it, people. There's you see you can see when the scene starts. Um, those kids are coming around the monument and they're staring at them. But on the left side of the screen, we see we see a couple that's walking through the park casually. Yeah, and those kids aren't. You know, those kids could easily just kind of like, oh, cool, we got some moving targets. Let's hit them. Um, and they're not. They're so. Yeah, this goes either way. Yeah. So yeah. So that then that's all I had for for minute fifty. Did you have anything else, Steve? No, no. Um, no. I can't. No, no. I can't think of. Uh. So no. Just yeah. No. I just want to thank the listeners. Yeah. So we're yeah. It's it's we're halfway through the hundred minutes of the movie, and yeah, I think this is an appropriate time to to yeah thank the listeners. Thank you for for listening. Thank you for the feedback. We got the the activity in the the Facebook listeners group, the Gobbler's Knob, and and on Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I also, I, I, I don't think we've, we've mentioned, or we certainly haven't mentioned it in a while. I think it's a good time to go back and thank, uh, thank the makers. Thanks. Thank the people that, that helped, uh, form and create and spread the gospel of this movie by minutes format. Um, so I want to thanks to Adam and Brad of gutter balls, the big Lebowski deep cast. And as, as far as any of us know, they, Adam and Brad were the first people to, watch a movie one minute at a time. And they were quickly followed by Pete and Alex of star Wars minute. And what, what those guys brought is uh, really the form, what we do. Um, I think what we do, it isn't really close to the original vision of, of, of Brad and Adam over gutter balls, but Pete and Alex really refined the format and turned it into a daily thing. Kind of, you know what we do. So so, so thanks to all those guys for for the inspiration and the hours of entertainment. Yeah. And just, and yeah, thank all the podcasts that came on before us for essentially giving us the the courage to pull this off, you know? Um, I'm still working on Mystery Men, but really, like, if it wasn't for some of these hosts, I, uh, I, I'd just be listening. I wouldn't be doing my own Mystery Men research. I would... I would just be in my room quietly saying to myself, wow, Mystery Men's a real fun movie. And mm-hmm. then I wouldn't be sharing that with anyone. So, yeah. Um, th- thank you thank you to all those hosts. Yeah. And so we'll also mention uh, moviesbyminutes.com. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, gee, I, I like movies. I don't just like Groundhog Day. There are other movies I like. There may be already a podcast where someone's watching that movie one minute at a time and um, – moviesbyminutes.com is the place where you would find that. And if you go there and you don't see your favorite movie, maybe that's a sign. Yeah. Maybe then that's, that's the opening for you to start your own podcast and and talk about your favorite movie one minute at a time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so thank, thanks to the makers. Thanks to all the podcasters in the community. Thanks to our listeners. And I also want to mention, I don't think we've done this before, but I will ask if, if you use the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, if you could go in and, and leave us a review and, and and leave us a rating. And if uh, wherever you're listening to this, if there is a rating system, if there's a way to, to give a review, uh, we'd ask that you do it. One, we, uh, we of course, like getting the positive feedback and, and hearing about how great we are. But also, it's it's not just for us. It's for the listeners because the the more reviews and the higher the rating we have the higher the podcast will show up in search results so for the folks for the others for the listeners we haven't met yet for yeah. someone out there who isn't listening but maybe they they go into iTunes and they search for podcasts about groundhogs or they're searching for podcasts about Bill Murray movies Mm-hmm. And uh, all those results are there's some secret algorithm over there that they don't tell us. But we do know that the more ratings and the more reviews we have, the higher we'll show up. So it makes the it makes the podcast easier for other listeners to discover. That is true. Yeah. If you have a few minutes and you don't mind leaving us a rating would be a real swell thing. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate it. You know, and, and, that, and that, that is true. You know, I, I got to get back into that. I got back into to, to rating and reviewing a lot of these great podcasts guys say, Oh, it's great. And then I just, you know, I love it. And I tell my friends, but like, you know, you gotta, you gotta get there on the, on the internet platform. You gotta let others mm-hmm. know. Cause you know, you're, I'm, we're thinking about the now we're thinking about getting that episode out tomorrow or I can't wait till next week. And you know, a lot of these podcasts will be around. 
you know, for sure. years. And, mm-hmm. you know, and long after we leave and, and, and we go on to something else or we, you know, we retire from the game, somebody's going to Google search, you know, or whatever the next search engine is because God knows what it's going to happen. You know, they uh, they search, you know, what's that podcast about a certain movie I'm interested in? And, and you know, and then that, that movie comes up. They go, wow, some people... This host, they look at that. They did a hundred and some episodes about each minute. So, you know, it's got something, you know, something to think about for the future. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Once again, thank, just thank you all. Thank you all for downloading this and listening to us. All right, and so we've we're halfway. Mm-hmm. That's minute fifty in the books, and you know, we'll see you for the next fifty. Which there will be. I was going to say if there is one, but I'm pretty sure we've made it this far. Yeah. We might, might as well finish it. <laughs> might as well keep going. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in, listeners, and we will see you tomorrow if there is one. Don't let them say your hair's too long.